episode five today i have savannah be with us from bend oregon correct yes yes um now uh we i guess we officially met in bachata paradise briefly um i feel like my memories from that weekend like i kind of have the memory and i kind of don't have the memory at the same time but then we reconnected online uh last year through for Mm -hmm. the online and that's been super fun to get to know you through social media since then um i'm really glad to have you on here would you like to get us started by just telling us a little bit about yourself yeah um so i yeah i live in a town of maybe ninety thousand people and we're surrounded by a national forest um but we're three hours from portland and that's typically where i would go do most of my dancing if i would want good dancing um, I work uh, in wildland fire um, in instant business, so the business side of fire. Um, and I've been dancing since 2011. But um, yeah, again, I'm from a smaller community. So 90,000 uh, surrounded by national forests. We don't have a lot of dancers here. So when I say I've been dancing since 2011, it's like very sporadic or dancing on my own without a partner. So yeah, that's. I guess that's about me. Um, is that kind of what you were wanting to know? Yeah. Um, I guess hobby, like I love to uh, I love to snowboard, or I used to love to snowboard, but I don't really do that anymore because dancing is number one for me now. I like photography. Um, yeah, I think dancing is number one, and I do both. Um, yeah, bachata, and then I'll say I also do pole dancing. Uh, it's very fun too. Yeah, you're super good at it. Thank you. I love all the videos you post. Um, so uh, I feel like I kind of want to talk about the small the, the small town thing in a bit, but I don't want to start with that. But I feel like there's a lot to talk about there. So as always, I want to know when, what was your first experience with Batata? Like, how did you come across it? How did you feel about it that first time? Um, so I'll tell you the story of how I found bachata and it's really funny. Um, I didn't really dance or do anything like that until after college. Um, and so I graduated from college in 2010 and then 2011, um, a group of friends. So a guy from a, our friend group uh, had a crush on this girl. She worked at the clinic counter. Um, and he asked if I would be his wing woman and go and pretend to buy mascara so he could just like get to know her. So he would be with me and then I buy the mascara. Well, um, when we went to talk to her, she invited us to um, like one of the bars in town to do some dancing. I guess a group of people went to a Reno Bachata Festival and I think it was the one that um, Joan Soriano was at. They had just gotten back from that um, and they, uh, they were all practicing together. And so she invited us to that. So I went to uh, that dance night at one of the local bars in town. Um, and there was probably like five people practicing together. And that's where my first experience with bachata was. And we, you know, everybody was so new to it. Um, I think mostly everybody had done salsa before. We had like one salsa dance instructor in Bend. And um, that's, that's the experience that our community had with Latin dance. 
And um, so yeah, one of the one of the people that went to the festival fell in love with bachata and was sharing it with some of the other folks. And um, yeah, that's my first experience with it. And then I started listening to bachata music on Pandora. So um, it was a lot of Aventura, um, a little bit of Toby Love, and then um, Monchi and Alejandra and um, El Torito in Los Toros band. And actually I fell in love with that kind of music first. I was like, what is this? I did, they didn't really play a lot of the other stuff. I think I picked Aventura radio station and they played like those artists. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know about any of the other bachata artists, but I did really love El Torito at first. I think so. so I started dancing really just officially the year before you, but I started, I mean, my, my first contact was in college in like 2008. And my first artists were very similar to yours. And I think that was just maybe what was popular at the time, you know, cause Aventura was out in the early 2000s. Um, Toby Love was up and coming. Monche and Alessandra were still really like, they were, I guess, I don't know exactly the time periods that they are. I feel like they're like the nineties and two thousands as well. Um, but I could totally be wrong, but they were like, um, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. Like they were important to everybody. Yeah. You had to listen to Monchi and Alexandra if you were going to like bachata, you know? Yeah. I, I can also remember when I did start dancing here in Pittsburgh in starting in 2010, like um, El Torito and the Sordos band, like their music mm -hmm. was so pretty heavy in the rotation. So I feel like that was maybe I could be wrong, but I feel like that was that's probably reflective of what was generally popular with Latinos at the time. Yeah, um, I would so I would say my first experience with bachata um, dance too. So the popular instructors, which I think I've heard from a lot of people, were um, you know it was Ataka Nawimana mm -hmm. and then um, Troy and Georgia. And so you have Ataka Nawimana, and they do like your modern style or just like mainstream and then you had um what people called the dominican style which was at the time troy and georgette mm -hmm. so um so you like i knew from the beginning that there was a difference in the style um and but you know i think everything was pretty much bachata at that point with the instruments for the music there wasn't a lot of as far as i know like remixing top 40 hits to bachata beats as much not yet that i mean the first time I can remember listening to remixes was probably within a couple years of that, like 2012, 2013. I can remember 2014 as well. Um, yeah, so I think it was coming, but you're right. Like a lot of the music still kind of had the essential structure at that point. And, and also the dancing there, you know, it yeah. had switched over into what is now, you know, Bachata Sensual, which looks largely different for-, for I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so did you, for you, was it like, were you hooked right away and that's what made you listen to it on Pandora or was it like a slow buildup? No, I was hooked right away. I think I was hooked in so many different ways. Like I've always loved the music. And I think ever since I started, I probably listened to bachata. Like I listened to it mostly every day, but probably back then maybe it wasn't every day. But um, yeah, I could feel the music in my heart. Like that's the first time I was like, oh, I really feel this. Um, and then I just really liked connecting with people. Um, 
so yeah, dancing and just sharing that connection and um, expressing yourself through movement. Like I fell in love with that and I had never really done that kind of thing before. So yeah, that was a new experience for me after college, never really danced before. And uh, yeah, I met so many friends that I still like, they're all my really good friends today. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cause before that, I think I just hung out with coworkers cause I've, I haven't been here my whole life. So those were my friends. And so after that, it's like, you know, I have dance friends, dance family, and it's brought so much into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we can all relate to that. And mm-hmm. also something very special about the first people you bond with when you start dancing, because they're like, they're your safety net. Mm-hmm. Like the first friend I made, we met at a salsa class, um, but I was still too nervous to like go out by myself, like downtown. Yeah. I was too nervous to show up by myself because I think it's also like if we think about American culture and like the other things you like I wouldn't just go to a bar by myself. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. I need some friends. So for me, it was like go dancing by myself, like woo. So yeah. she went with me. And obviously, like now I would not hesitate to go out dancing by myself. But um yeah. there was something special about that. And and she and I are still friends. <laughs> yeah. We bonded over Dan. She was a great, she is a great friend. Um, she did move away, so she doesn't live in Pittsburgh anymore, but we're still good friends. I love how you mentioned um, that you didn't want to go by yourself and you go by yourself all the time. Like, I think that's something that dance brought to me is uh, I used to be pretty shy. And um, I, yeah, it was so liberating the first time I went salsa dancing by myself, which was pretty pretty early on when I started dancing. But I went to Portland. I didn't know anybody that wanted to dance or could go, and I really wanted to go. And so I just was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I just went by myself. And I think I grew so much from that because I was so scared, and I made myself do it. And that, like, that moment on, like, it just helps to really put yourself out there and do stuff that makes you scared. You just... And now it's like no big deal. I go out to places all the time and um, social dance by myself. I lived in Portland for a little while and I would go out by myself. um, Yeah, every night. And I don't know, some people think like, you know, if you're sitting at the bar by yourself and you're looking around, like somebody came up to me and said, I look like I was looking for a man or something like, no, I'm not looking for a man. I'm just, I'm confident in myself. I don't need somebody next to me. You know, I'm here to have fun. And um yeah, that's just your projection on me. <laughs> that's not that's not what's happening. Yes. Was it a guy that said that to you by chance? It was a guy, and I put him in his place. <laughs> I, wonder if that, I wonder if that was like a pickup line. Oh, maybe. Because I, <laughs> I love those moments when we're like, what? He was trying to pick me up. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> that is what that is. Because I, I don't know, men try so many different lines, and oftentimes they're yeah. huge flops, like... Um, this is slightly off topic, but I was dancing when it happened. One guy came over to me one time. I was waiting to get a drink at a dance event. And it was like one of those events where there's like non-dancers there that they're the people that really like stay at the bar. They keep the, the night going because they like to watch dancing and be around it. And yeah. he came to me and he was like, you have one minute to tell me why you're so special. Ooh. Like, Ooh. <laughs> huh? And I mean, I was like so mad when he did that. Like I could feel it rising up. And when I could finally get words to come out, I was like, all I could say was like, I didn't tell you to come over here. Like, why would you approach me like that? You know? 
and I've since learned some other guy explained to me that that's like a strategy called negging where it's like you give yes. a negative comment to get a reaction mm -hmm. but yes. with me like don't that's that's a bad strategy don't do it <laughs> yeah just be genuine don't be yeah don't do the pickup artist stuff <laughs> but I could also see like if if a woman had made that comment to you because I can also remember it's so funny like when I was new to dancing, like all the rumors people would start, like if you had a, a friendship with a guy, you know, I remember this guy, like we, we were like a little like oil and water and it, there was never any romantic or sexual tension. It was just like our personalities, but we would talk a lot at socials. Sometimes we would come in at the same time, like by chance. Um, and, and at that time, like I was sometimes asking guys to walk me to my car, depending on like, where it was, how far away it was. And he would have been someone that I trusted like to be safe to do that with. And so I guess I started hearing like these rumors, like, you know, Jess and, and this guy and da, da, da. And we're like, ew, like, <laughs> no, but yeah, like you said, like that's somebody projecting their own insecurities. Cause for me, dancing doesn't have to be about that. Right, yeah, definitely not. Um... Yeah, especially if you want to uh, be around those people all the time, you have to be, you know, like a little bit mindful of who you. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, oh, I, I feel like I had that conversation with someone like very, very recently. Like it feels like it was days ago, like dating the same people that your friends have dated. Like if you are not, I don't know. Uh, Again, words are failing me right now. Like if you are not uh, careful, if you are not very mindful about what you're doing, you can end up, you know, all dating the same people very easily in the dance scene. Yeah. And that, I feel like that's pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Or it can just get weird and like you still want to go out dancing, but you don't want to see that person anymore <laughs> for a while anyways. Yeah. It is hard, especially because you're not always in control of whether you can split from someone amicably you know like i did mm -hmm. i had one experience where i was seeing somebody and um it wasn't a good experience you know like the, the split like i was not being respected and um the person was being like a little manipulative so of course like i didn't want to see them but i you know for me i ended up with the two choices like i either have to learn to deal with this or i stopped dancing and for me yeah. dancing was a no so i had to learn to deal with yeah. it but not yeah. everybody, not everybody makes that same choice. Yeah. Know? So you have mm -hmm. to uh, practice discretion. That was the word I was looking for before. <laughs> yeah, I hear you though. Yep. Um, I was gonna tell you about my first experience going out salsa dancing by myself or oh, salsa. Well, I really wanted to bachata dance because bachata was my first experience, but um, it was mostly salsa people in Portland. Mm -hmm. And um, so I told you I went out by myself and I was really nervous and um, I was really looking forward to whenever the bachata song would come on. And I saw this guy and he looked like he was a good dancer and he'd be good at bachata. So um, I asked him to dance and um, I remember him commenting to me like, oh, you you need to relax. You're so nervous. You know, like when people comment to you when you're social dancing and then it just makes it way worse. And especially because it was my first time going out by myself, I was already really nervous. Like my energy was probably kind of weird. And, um, 
yeah, I really wanted to go home after that. Like after he was commenting, you know, when we're having a dance together and he's commenting on like uh, how I'm dancing or what my, you know, what I'm doing, um, that made me feel really uncomfortable, but I'm just really glad that I stayed. But um, I think people need to be aware of what they say to people when you're having a social dance. Like if it's not um, feedback that was requested, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause you don't really know where, somebody's at that was my very first time going out by myself and I, that was I was pretty new to bachata and I I wanted to go home after he said that to me but I did stick it out but that's happened several times when people have given like unsolicited feedback in the middle of a social dance and you just you really don't know where somebody's at you know that is so problematic and you're right like I don't even know where to start about that but I, yeah, I mean, I think so. One of the first things I wanted to to say as I was listening to you um, was like, when you're new, like you said, like they don't need unsolicited feedback. Like they know they're new. <laughs> this is the time to go. Like, yeah, you did it. You know, like just cheer them on. Yeah. So excited for new dancers. Like you stuck it out. You made it a whole song. You made it a whole night. You know, we don't need to be giving newbies unsolicited feedback because it's. They might not be ready to understand what you told them and then like the other problem or they might not be open to it like they might be very vulnerable and what you're about to say is going to like crush them which is mm -hmm. for learning and then the other thing is like i know i've gotten a lot of unsolicited feedback um and this was once i was a more experienced dancer because when i was new like i didn't know what was right and what was wrong and i pretty much trusted whatever anybody said but once I was a more experienced dancer, I've been through more training. Like I remember someone like giving bad advice, you know, yes. or this one person came up like, you know, and I had done training on like salsa spin stuff. And, and he was like, oh, I could really tell your spins are getting better. Meanwhile, it's like, that's like, like you just slapped me in the face a little bit. But um, yeah, the thing is he was, so off like his spinning was bad like the way he he prepped and set it up like he was cranking this big circle so i feel like i'm having trouble staying in in place plus i get so scared every time he does it like i like you know like trying to protect myself and, and then to yeah. have this person that scares me go oh your, your spinning's getting better keep working on it like pat on the back like ah you know like we yeah we all, I think, need to humble ourselves sometimes. Like, we we are not all perfect. Um, yeah. And and I think, yeah, I think sometimes people ask for advice and maybe it can be genuinely helpful. Um, yeah, and the delivery is important too. But I mean, if you, if you think- <laughs> Very important. <laughs> if you, I mean, you're like if you see a girl she's by herself she looks nervous don't make her make it worse like give her a smile like change the energy right like um oh, poor thing you look new and scared. no it's like that's what i try to do now too um i mean i'm not saying i'm the best dancer or anything but if if i ever dance with somebody and i can tell they're new or they're nervous or something like you just gotta like smile and be sweet to them or and it really changes i feel like it can change their night Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, if you say like if you say the wrong thing, like if and somebody is not in that headspace, like they could go home 
and you don't know, you know. Um, yeah, I I had somebody laugh at me when I was in Seattle dancing, and that's kind of, uh, yeah, because I wasn't doing like sensual stuff. Like I don't know how to do the sensual stuff, and I looked really awkward, and so they laughed at me, and then they like basically mocked the move that I had done. They're like, "Come over here, come look in the mirror. Let me show you what you just did." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is." And I, I, I like got an Uber and I left. I felt so uncomfortable after that, you know? So I think people need to be careful about what they say. Cause again, that night I was, I was supposed to go out with friends and they all bailed. They, um, they were, weren't feeling good. And I was in Seattle. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go dancing by myself. Um, so I went dancing in Seattle and yeah, this guy gave me that feedback and I was already kind of feeling a little uncomfortable and yeah, so when he laughed at me and told me to look in the mirror, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out. Like, I, you just kind of ruined my night. So, um, but yeah, I, and I told you, um, I do pole dancing, but after that, so I started doing pole dancing after that, so I could gain confidence. I'm like, okay, com- um, pole dancing is going to really pull me out of my, my shell. I'm going to get really comfortable with myself. Like, I'm going to get in touch with the sensual side because everybody's like doing the sensual bachata stuff and I'm so awkward. Um, so that's why I started doing pole dancing and it's really helped me with my confidence in, in a way that I didn't think it would, you know, like I just, I'm more comfortable with myself and, um, and I just can express myself in the way that I want to, not the way that somebody else tells me to, because that's the way sensual dancers dance. Um, so I'm glad I learned that. And if somebody did that to me on the dance floor now, I would just tell them what's up and I've been doing that, you know. (laughs) so if somebody laughed at me like I would tell them what's up or um you know if somebody made a rude comment to me on the dance floor I would just leave them like I would I'd be like all right I'm not having fun anymore I'll see you later (laughs) you know I'm I don't know I'm just I'm glad I'm at a different point now than I was before but yeah Uh, this whole uh mini conversation I think really highlights something that's important and as a dance community especially as a dance community that is always trying to get new dancers because we either want to grow it to support multiple styles or because we're trying to replace the dancers that are kind of leaving because they're having kids or you know they're moving on with their life and they can't come out as much we need to nurture new dancers you know we need to be responsible for how we make them feel and I know there are so many people, because I've had conversations with them, that feel that how other people take their actions is not their problem. You know, and th- there are times where I think that mindset applies, but it's a really selfish mindset when you think about it. Like, oh, how that newbie feels about what I said to them is not my problem. Like, it's not my problem that they're, you know, emotionally vulnerable. Like, no, you're just kind of being a jerk is what it is because if i really care about people i'm going to try and make them feel comfortable and i'm going to understand that everybody's coming here like people with legit trauma show up to dance because it sparks something in them it gives them hope but it can also be a very dangerous space because we make physical contact and because people that would otherwise like not have a reason to talk to you now can come ask you for a dance right Mm -hmm. So we are all like in a very vulnerable space. And I think we just need to be very like, I don't know, like loving and and understanding of that. Like you might be coming here and and be practicing your bravery and, and practicing like making, like reclaiming your safety. And I should help you 
in that process. I should not make it worse. I should not remind you of the things that, you know, you're scared about. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's my perspective. But I know there's a lot of people that are very firmly like how other people take my actions is not my problem. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I think some of the new dance styles can be a little bit controlling, like, um, and like, I think, I think sensual can be cool. Um, if you have the foundation, like maybe you have Zook or whatever it is, and you can do the movements properly and stuff like that. But, um, sometimes some of those movements feel like is very controlling. And like, sometimes you don't want people to force you into sensual movements, right? Like you want to choose what kind of sensual movements you make. Um, so yeah, that's why I felt so awkward, you know? And that's why, that's why I started, you know, doing other things to get used to these sensual things. And then I realized like, you know what? I don't have to um, do these movements that are like what's expected. I can just pick what I think is like how I want to express my sensuality. And that's why I like the traditional style more because it feels a little bit more um, like there's freedom to express yourself. And, um, it's a, to me, it feels a little less controlling. Like you can, you can do movements to the music and it's not as forced into these movements as the sensual style. I don't know. I would agree. That's my experience as well. I mean, I personally have similar issues. I don't like to be forced into things. And I, I might've said this on the last podcast. I don't know. I've said it in the recent past about like, you know, when I was new to dancing and it was still kind of like urban, modern bachata, and I was still into like Toby Love and Prince Royce, not that I don't like them now, but I was really into them because they were really popular then. I love body rolling, but I love doing it when I wanted to do it. And ah. as soon as it became a dance move that people were leading, I don't like it anymore. Yeah. And it's easy to look back and be like, that was the thing. Like I did not like people pulling. I still I I don't like people pulling on my back. I don't like people mm -hmm. forcing me into bends. Like I just I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but with with traditional bachata with bachata, um, bachata. They you almost never have that. Like aside from a random like rough lead that might you know as they're doing like cross bodies in bachata or something like you might feel like pulled at your wrists. That's like mostly the worst thing that's like happened in traditional bachata. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like, again, if um, like if you are a sensual dancer and you have that solid foundation and maybe you even have a Zouk background, maybe it's not as bad, but, um, but yeah, if you just learn from like the YouTube and then, or if you go to these classes that are really flashy and then you just try to pull it out on the dance floor, then um, yeah, that, that just feels real awkward. <laughs> That's when I think that you feel like you're being forced into stuff. I think, and maybe yeah, I mean, I think what you just said is exactly the problem. Cause I, um, I don't want it to, to seem to anyone who loves bachata sensual that I'm like bashing on it because yeah. before, like when you do dance with like Daniel Sanchez of Daniel Desiree, you feel remarkably safe with him. Mm -hmm. because his lead is the full package and he's not going to lead you into something that he's not confident that like you're making a connection for he's not going to force you like 
I'm sure he does like that build up, right? Like, yeah. um, like Juan Calderon years ago at uh, DC Bachata Congress taught this like red light, green light concept. You know, like you try these little moves. If you get a green, exactly. you can try like this move and you can move it up. But if you get a red light here, do not try yes. that, you know? And so yes. understands that and you feel safe. And there's lots of mm-hmm. well-trained people that make you feel safe. You know, like there's a there's a Zouk dancer in DC named Kuna. Um, he teaches Zouk mostly, but you will find him in the bachata room sometimes at Congresses. And he makes me forget all about, you know, traditional bachata when I dance with him because yeah, it's an amazing lead. You just yeah. suspended in time, just following. So you're like, I'm surprised as hell that I'm following all this because I don't practice it. But, you know, he it's the leading and people who don't really invest in making their partner safe through their technique. You know, they, they do lead to people like us feeling the way we do, like, ooh, I don't like this. Like, I'm not going to stick around because I don't like dancing this way enough to put up with this, you know? Yeah, yeah. So while you were learning um, and you you kind of have mentioned that you were like sometimes going to Portland, but you also had like your one salsa teacher in Bend. How were you learning bachata? Were you only learning through social dancing or did you find an instructor? How did that go? So, yeah, um, we had the one salsa teacher in Bend and I took like a few, maybe like a few months of lessons from her. And then we had um, a guy in Bend that uh, also started teaching and he was he was relatively new, but he um, would go to festivals and then he would try to teach what he learned and he would do like a one night a week at one of the local bars in town. Um, so I was practicing with him and then we would like beg people to dance with us that were at the bar because honestly it was like five people. Um, so we would go up to random people and that sometimes didn't work out so well. <laughs> depending on what you grab. Um, yeah, but we did, um, there is like a little bit of a dance community here. Uh, I would say like 10 to 20 people and they do have a team here. Um, and they, they're like more of the Island touch type style. Um, cause they, they've done their franchises and, um, but me, I, I didn't do that as much after a while I would go to Portland. Um, and then I would just go to dance festivals and social dance. And then I would buy online instruction or not online um, DVDs at the time. And then I would just practice on my own with my friend. Um, she had a mirror in her garage and then I'd go over there maybe once a week and we practice together. But we always looked forward to when we could go to Portland or um, to the next dance event. And and I've been dancing since 2011. And I feel like um, it hasn't been until recently where I've started actually getting like advancing quicker but there was a long time that went by where um I didn't feel like I had a good space to practice um so I wouldn't really practice unless I went out social dancing which social dancing was really limited here um so I really didn't progress until recently where I created a space for myself um I I invested in a big mirror I invested in um like uh, a TV where, you know, a mounted TV where I could watch online stuff. Um, so like your Zoom classes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can watch it up on my TV and watch myself in the mirror practice, or I can take Zoom classes from people like Carico in Germany and project her on my TV. Um, yeah, and I put my mirror in my main living space to where I make sure that I practice all the time. Like it's right there in my kitchen slash living room. So I can't not practice, but before, no, it wasn't like that. Um, if I did practice, it was like in the office on carpeted floor, really tight space. And I, and I couldn't really see what I was doing. So I didn't really know if my body movement was correct or not. And I really just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't practice at home enough. Like I'm not motivated, um, which I think I've learned so much from the pandemic. Cause I, <clears throat> there are so many opportunities to do things online and I don't like, I love yoga, but I will practice more if I go to class three times a week, you know, and I yeah. want to keep up that schedule during the pandemic i've been going just once a week to be safe you know classes are very small and it's also very competitive to try to get one of the eight spots in class you know and i should very easily be able to supplement with some online practice but like i've just not been doing it the way i would imagine you know and i also find myself missing like like okay if i can't see my friends can i at least go to zumba no i guess i can't go to zumba like oh i'm like really motivated by like that social atmosphere yeah Surprisingly, I've been okay with like online lessons. Um, I've, I don't know, maybe I was just more dedicated to that one. I don't know what it is, but I have been actually very pleasantly surprised at my ability to learn online. Whereas if you had asked me, you know, before the pandemic, I would have told you like, no, I don't like it. But again, like you, I started thinking about how can I make this work? So I, I got an Apple TV so I could easily like screen share my laptop to the TV. Um, also like with For the Bachata Online, what I offer is like the download. So you can watch it again if you're like, what was that thing? Like that was hard for me. Like I can just go back and like replay that segment. Like, what is it? Yeah. You know, so I, I've really enjoyed that. And I love, I know I'm like the organizer, but I, <laughs> I love being able to go back and be like, oh, I want to practice the syncopations with Artenis and Carolina again. Yeah. Like, I, like, I can't remember exactly how they were. And I'll take the workshop again. You know, like, I've, yeah. really, I've enjoyed that. But I also, I, I do struggle with it. So it's, um, it's really cool to hear how you've helped yourself stay motivated this year. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm so happy. Um, yeah, I've just, like, we didn't have these kind of opportunities before. I mean, again, I had the DVDs. And then I just got Instagram within the last couple of years, but um, it's cool because you can just reach out to people and ask them for a Zoom private now, you know, I didn't even know what Zoom was before the pandemic, but um, it's really cool because then you get that quality of instruction like there, you know, I want to learn, I want to learn how to dance like the Dominicans dance, you know, and um, I love bachata music and so yeah, being able to reach out to people who are really connected with it is uh, it's so awesome living in a small town, you know, because um, we do have we do have bachata here, but it's not it's not really the way that I want to dance it. Um, and I think that people look really good doing it the way they want to do it. Um, and they have their style, but I never connected with um, the way that they do it and the kind of music that they prefer here. So I do kind of feel I think there's a couple people that maybe like it the way that I do here, but I think I'm pretty much 
I mean, even when you go to Portland, there's really not a lot of people that like that, you know, like the same kind of music that I like in the same style of dance, um, which I feel like is more, I like it how they dance it in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Hard. Like it, it's growing in popularity, which is just so <laughs> ironic that like the original form <laughs> is growing in popularity. Meanwhile, like the offshoots have been more popular. I know it is is definitely growing. I've noticed like all with all the instructors worldwide with the way social media can connect us and we can become, you know, more united. Um, but like I, I totally feel you because even in Pittsburgh, we're a city of 300,000. Um, okay, yeah. And I don't I don't know where that line cuts off because we're also a city where many like most people live in the suburbs. You know, like mm -hmm. I can't imagine it's 300,000 people all downtown, um, but I'm interested where that line like cuts off. But anyway, so we're also like a smaller city. Um, we have a, a larger dance scene than you, but it doesn't compare to like New York or DC or anything like that. Yeah. And also like the time period that you and I started, like bachata was just not really liked very much in general. Like some people mm -hmm. liked it, but they didn't ever question the status quo of salsa as king. And like, I love yeah. salsa, I'm still a salsera and I want people to know that, but like, I also felt very deeply connected to bachata and wanted bachata to, yeah. to have more, I wanted to have more opportunities to dance it. So like, I had to be the change, right? And yeah. I was the first one to try to change it, but I think a mixture of like the timing and also my methods, um, you know, just a mixture of things helped me have more success with it. But even with that, okay, so I've been promoting like eight years now, people love bachata so much, like you will never find a night that is like all salsa anymore because people are not as used to all salsa anymore. Um, but I notice people still don't dance, like, like Dominicans dance here. And it's just like, ah, oh, okay, I have more work to do, you know? Yeah. Is why I'm going to start teaching this year because I would like to to spread that, yeah, and give people a weekly opportunity to practice because I I realize I'm like okay, even if they are coming twice a year to my to my festivals, that might not be enough to really alter their way of dancing. Like you said, like when you yeah. have intermittent opportunities to learn and practice, your growth is going to be slow. When yeah, you can add more right you can you can experience faster growth so um i totally feel you with that because it, it is really challenging and i do actually really like uh i think it, this whole pandemic thing has been also a blessing in the way that um like i you know if i go somewhere and they're playing music i really like but maybe i don't want to do the bendy stuff like i can just dance by myself and i enjoy that like um, I learned how to dance by myself and, um, you know, feel the music. And I really enjoy just dancing by myself now. And then also I can lead now, you know, I'm not great at it, but um, if you want to do dance a certain way, then why not learn how to lead? Cause then you have a little bit more control over what you do. And so I think, yeah, if you, like, if you want to dance a certain way, you don't want people to do certain movements on you, then learn how to lead, you know? <laughs> and so I think that's been another good thing about the pandemic is just, I think I've learned to lead a little bit more and then also just dance by myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Yeah. And then I think when you dance by yourself, like um, you put out those good vibes and people are more willing to ask you to dance rather than if you're just standing there looking like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, you look upset, but you're not upset. You're just waiting for somebody to ask you to dance. Like Creek will put out a video like this, but um, really like if you put out those good vibes, people really will come to you and ask you to dance, you know, even if you're standing in the corner. <laughs> it will, <laughs> that, that is so true, but it will backfire sometimes if you're like, oh, this is like, you know, times I've been in an event where most of the music was like remixes and then they play, a you know, a classic song. Yeah. Even if it's Nedeva that you hear at every event when people don't have a large repertoire, it's an awesome song, whatever. Even if it's that, you know, sometimes like, oh, I've got to dance this by myself because this is like a sacred moment. I'm not going to get it again. I want to dance it the way I want. And you start dancing by yourself and someone comes up like, oh, poor thing, let me save you. And then, you know, and suddenly you're like, my, my, my little... <laughs> My little bachata's face is now gone because I, you know, I want to be nice to you. <laughs> yeah. So it, it can backfire if dancing by yourself is your way to give yourself that slice of joy that you really, you know, that you really want your way. Yeah. It is in general, it's a very good strategy because yeah, people are drawn to that and they know like, okay, she's here to dance, mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, that's like a cool thing if like if you could do one thing in social dancing it would be cool if people um gave people a little bit more space for expression like you know um and I know some people do but like if you are somebody that wants to like hold on tight and dance close um or if you want to put people in certain movements I think people, it would be cool if people could just be mindful about, give, give people a little bit of room for like creative expression if you're a follow, you know, you don't always want to be. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes you want to like feel the music too and express it too. Yeah. 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 So um, tell me about what it was like to go to DR and dance there amazing um so i've been there four times now um and i'm gonna keep going back like as much as i can um so first time i went was in 2013 um and i they didn't have a festival like a local festival like they do now i think they had like the uh was it the dr series yeah they had those but i didn't know about those um so i went to uh bacha 2 in 2013 um, and then I went with my uh, Vancouver, Canada friends after um, to Las Terrenas and we went to La Bodega and then danced with some of the people that are now like you, they're teaching at all the local festivals. Mm -hmm. um, but that was my favorite, like dancing with people after the festival, going to like see the local people and dance with them at La Bodega and like their energy and their um, I don't know, the people in DR are just amazing. Um, like every time I come back from DR, my heart is like full for two weeks, <laughs> you know? Just the people, the culture, um, the music, like how you can walk by anywhere and people are just listening to the music outside the store, like drinking their Presidente or their, <laughs> you know, whatever drink and just chilling. And mm -hmm. um, I love that, that's amazing. I wish we had more of that. 
and um yeah and tropical and <laughs> um, all the kids running around and you know um just being free-spirited yeah I love all of that I definitely feel freer the times I've been there um yeah and it just seems like I mean I know that like people are can be in some pretty bad situations there but it just seems like people are like have that happy vibe in general and they don't have as much like I wish you know what I mean like sometimes we get bogged down with things and we don't appreciate what we have but it just seems like people there seem to appreciate things more I don't know I get that vibe from some of the people yeah it I think it does point out something about our culture like we are I, don't know, I feel like I've been reading so much stuff on this lately, but like we were very individualistic society. We're not like community oriented. Um, we also, and this is something I find myself struggling with lately. Like we don't do very well, like dropping everything and just finding joy in the moment. It's always like work, 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 work. Like the next thing will bring me happiness, but then you get there and there's a next thing and a next thing and a next thing, you know, like what you said, I think reminds me of, of that. And I think um, when you see examples of, of people just being joyful, regardless of how much they have, whether they have a lot, whether they have a little bit, whether their life is hard, whether life is, nobody has an easy life, but you know, less hard, um, you know, just reminds you like, happiness is available to me right now too. <laughs> yeah. and, and they are, I mean, they are a joyful culture. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I went in 2011, that was my first experience. And I was in Santo Domingo at first, I was um, trying to study Spanish. It kind of backfired because I wasn't leveled appropriately and I didn't feel challenged. I should have taken private lessons in retrospect. Um, but it was a good vacation. So I was in Santo Domingo at first. Then we went to Samana for a weekend, but I didn't go to Las Terrenas because I didn't know about it. Um, and we ended up in Sosua in the north, um, mm -hmm. Puerto Plata. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I have memories of like, especially in like Sosua and Samana, like when people serve you food, like they serve it with joy, you know, when you order your food, like they're proud of it. They're proud to like, share it with you or um you know meeting new people and uh, yeah a lot of times it's like ooh white girl <laughs> yes. um but you know i don't know i just felt like there was a lot of joy there and a lot of a lot of pride at their country which they do have a lot to be proud of um mm -hmm. so it is like a little gift to go have, yeah like share that with you mm -hmm. yeah I love, I love TR. I can't wait to go. I would go there like twice a year <laughs> if I could. Um, yeah. Oh, um, I was thinking about my favorite dance I ever had and it was in Dominican Republic and it was at the last Bachata Paradise when we went to the car wash. And it was, I think it was a guy, uh, like an older gentleman who had just gotten done playing baseball and he had his like pajama pants on over <laughs> maybe his show. I don't really know what's happening but he had his pajama pants on and then um socks with slides 
And I asked him to dance and that was so fun. You know, um, it wasn't fancy or anything, but like, it's just cool to dance with the local people. And that was probably my favorite dance of all time. And it was super simple. And um, yeah, I love, I love that. It talks about the yeah. simplicity because so yeah. Awesome. So often when we're new, we think oh, I have to learn the fancy things and I am not innocent. Like I also was the new dancer that wanted to be sexy, you know, mm -hmm. wanted to yeah. find the style. So there were times where I was over styling, like mm -hmm. it's embarrassing <laughs> when you look back sometimes like the things you did because you thought that's how you made your dance better. But yeah, you know, as much as styling can add to the way it looks on the outside, that's not the most important thing. What what it feels like is the most important thing. And I yeah, I know. I just kind of wish new new me would have appreciated that a little bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I I think also bachata gives us a really good reminder of that because once you get into it and you realize how amazing it can feel to be like connected to your partner and just like like how how the basics when done to the music feel so good you know but you can't see that from the outside like before you know how that feels it looks like it's boring you know yeah i, I think bachata really illustrates this concept for us but the unfortunate like catch 22 to it is like you have to invest in it to get to that point where you understand yeah you know, or you have to trust somebody and just have faith that they're what they're talking about is real. Yes. Yeah. And it seems like um, when you're first learning, like you feel like, you know, a lot. And then once you start <laughs> learning more then you realize, like, there is so much to learn, even when you know a lot and you. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. Um, it's cool in VR because the other the other cool thing about that car wash that night was like the different timings I, I was able to like dance with somebody and I think they were dancing on three maybe and um I got to just I had to like relax myself and close my eyes and just feel it because I wasn't used to dancing on a different timing but it's cool to get to experience that too because often we're not doing the different timing so I really think that's cool about going to DRs just more um, that connection with the music and, and that they feel it so much and that they can dance on all timings and yeah. It is amazing. And that's something I'm still working on for myself um, is getting comfortable in the other timings, but it's like I've spent <laughs> years dancing on one. <laughs> yeah. Hard and like a lot of my habits for what happens when there's a break, right? Mm -hmm. At the four or the eight or whatever you want to call it, you know, where you start on one like it's it's very intuitive like to pause for that but if you're dancing on another timing like it changes the way you react in a break so i'm still like learning to adjust myself like do i just keep going through yeah. if i'm on a different timing do i pause and then pick up my step where i left off like you know but it um when you can find those moments where you're in it like it feels so cool to experience bachata a different way like there's mm -hmm. How cool is it like that you have multiple options for how to feel a single song and it like that literally has nothing to do with even the basic steps you choose to do it's like literally just when you do that basic step it's going to make it feel different. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I find that so cool. But it is hard for people like us that 
are not exposed to that earlier. <laughs> yeah, you really do have to relax and let your mind go because you want to fight it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, so I'm trying to think because you've answered like a lot of the things. I really love how this conversation has just been flowing. Uh, you're making my, my job a lot easier. Um, all right, if you could change one thing about the bachata community at large and your interpretation of bachata community can be whatever you want it to be, but what, what would you change about it? Um, yeah, I just really think um, that like we need to learn, like I may not have done this at first either, but like definitely when we're first learning, having the foundation um so like understanding the music understanding the culture like where it came from and then um etiquette i think those things are really important and i think a lot of people focus on the moves and tricks and stuff like that and that's where you get into like some awkwardness with your partner mm -hmm. and then just and then also like you don't you can't feel the essence of the dance because you don't understand where it came from. And like, I just feel like you can feel the music so much more if you have that understanding, right? Um, yeah, I agree with you. One time though, I was talking with someone and trying to make that point and he asked me, he goes, how would understanding where the dance comes from change my experience? Like, why would I need that? And I was just like, um um like like I, it was so unconscionable to me yeah that would not be an enriching experience like i was like dumbfounded but i mean i believe in my experience learning the culture has yeah has like uh exponentially increased my appreciation for and like enjoyment of bachata um, yeah and you know like even just trying to explain to him like bachata comes from dominican republic you know modern bachata is like a western thing kind of in yeah. salsa bachata sensual was created by quirky and judith in spain like there are different cultural aspects to each of these different like styles and he just felt like that that should not like carry any weight on his understanding and i don't know yeah. i guess it doesn't have to it doesn't have to, but I feel like um, if you're listening to bachata music, so with the instruments and the singer, and they um, like probably music that maybe both you and I might like um, from the Dominican Republic, um, if you have an understanding of where the music came from and all that, like you can hear the passion or the bitterness or the whatever, like you can feel it in your heart, right? Like you can hear it in their lyrics, you can feel it in the instruments, and then you can feel it in your body. but yeah um if you don't understand that like if you are listening to a margal or whatever bitter like a bitter song and then you're like you know <laughs> you know dancing all upbeat and happy i don't know like i just feel like there needs to be like an understanding of i don't know you you did highlight like an opportunity like how understanding it can just very easily unlock that like oh, i understand the themes i understand like the emotion behind the song 
and and dancing is a way to play with our own emotions or release our emotions right um so i don't know i feel like it should definitely be an enriching experience to really understand especially in this person was not someone who was bilingual so they did not understand spanish yeah and i'm um, not very good at spanish either <laughs> you know but um i don't know for me that's see but the thing is like i've always been like a culture nerd since i was a kid i loved learning about other places and other people and and their cultural practices so for me it's very easy to be like learning culture is enriching yes like i'm with you since i was little but, you know for me to hear that an adult feels like knowing the culture is not enriching is it just it surprised me like i didn't know what to say mm -hmm. As as you were talking, I was like, yeah, yeah, understanding that like amarga is like the source of bachata, and and along the way, you know, um, some of the singers like started romanticizing it. Like Raulín was one of the first ones, um, but then there was also that period in the middle where it was like very sexualized and like double entendre with like Tony Santos and Blas Duran, and like just understanding <laughs> what you're working with. Because even as a DJ, like. I gotta be careful playing their songs like some of them are very good, but some of their lyrics are very vulgar. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if I feel comfortable playing. Sorry, that was my puppy. <laughs> she knocked over something. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel like it should be easy to understand, but uh, I don't know. That's so interesting, but uh, I'm with you overall. I'm with you on that one. So on the flip side what's one good vibe thing you would add more of to the dance to the bachata community um more of i would just add um like more good music like i would add more um music with all the instruments um i would add yeah i think add more of or like have people doing more of like uh going to events that is more true to what they like um yeah so I don't know. I sometimes I like the smaller events where it's more the style that I like. Um, like it doesn't have to be so big. Um, I would rather have quality over quantity. Um, more people starting to do that. I don't know if that's even a good answer. <laughs> uh, you're um, whatever you want it to be. I, I don't like that. And I think there there was a at least before the pandemic, I think everybody was trying to have like the next biggest thing, right? Like because big appears to be an indicator of success if you can get yeah. a lot of people. But there yeah. I think there are many ways to define success. And and one of those, as I think you were um insinuating is not the word I want to use, hinting at, I guess. Uh is like the, the their better feelings sometimes like yeah. the way you feel after a small weekend event <laughs> could be different from that large event that had lots of people yeah right? 
you can't know necessarily like size doesn't necessarily tell you how yeah. people feel in their heart when the yeah. work is done because a small event could leave you and i've i honestly i think my favorite events have been small events me too yeah i, I connect with the people and the artists and i go home feeling like i'm bursting right with love yes. for bachata and for people and for the community and and even though they didn't have the numbers that you know a congress would have they were yeah. successful in my opinion yeah like more connection more good music um yeah i want i want more connection like the the big events um where everybody's like sweating up on each other and like there's so many people and you don't even like you don't even get to know anybody like i would rather just have that I want connection and I want good dancing, good music, good vibes. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, after all of these years, what does bachata mean to you now? Mm. I, yeah, I guess it's just a lifestyle now because I listen to it every day. Like I dance to it every day. Um, and yeah, it makes me happy. And what does it mean to me? Yeah, I guess it's a lifestyle more than anything. <laughs> I like that answer. It's just, mm -hmm. it's part of you. Mm -hmm. We're gonna start winding down with some quick questions. And I know these are hard. I also would struggle with them, but just answer okay. them as authentically as they can come to you in this format. Um, okay. Who is your favorite music artist for bachata? Um, so for older stuff, like I like Luis Segura and Leonardo Paniagua. Mm -hmm. um, for like my favorite, like his voice, Luis Miguel Del Marge is like in his angel voice. Um, I like <laughs> and him. Yoey Vanas. Yeah, and then Romeo has like an angel voice for like the newer generation. <laughs> yes, he really I like so many. There's so many, I can't even choose. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm a DJ, I can't. Well, I do have a favorite artist, but sometimes I think I stick to it out of loyalty more than anything, right? Because when yeah. you love a lot of music and you listen to a lot of music, it's really hard to choose. Okay. And I think, oh, my favorite lady artist, um, is um Andre Velos. Ah, she's cool. She's cool. She's got a cool personality and um I like her music. Yeah, she um I was connected to her through social media like years ago. I think she might have reached out to me. I don't know. Um but it's been very fun like watching her grow as an artist and and to observe her like her social media like she's like a full artist right she's not just someone that makes music she's like an artist been through yeah and you she's see clever this. yeah i really i like her so we'll have to remember to tag her when i put this out um okay do you have a favorite song um right now i really like that um luis segura uh and luis vargas or no no it's i'm sorry not luis vargas um, Anthony Santos, and I think it's called, okay, hold on. Yeah, I know he just released those like four. It's my, it's like my day or something. Um, hold on, I can remember what it's called. <laughs> oh, 
last tell my inde yeah okay i really like it because it like starts off slow and then it just picks up and it's really fun to dance to because you can just do all kinds of things and okay. then that of one. course like for old one i like uh fue de, uh, fue de las dos by leonardo paniagua mm -hmm. do you have a favorite social dance partner like someone that you uh, well with all the time yes um well, I dance with uh, Chris in San Diego. I dance with him a lot. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else because I am by myself here. Mm. Oh yeah, and then there's, okay, so you remember that guy that laughed at me um, <laughs> in Seattle? I ended up seeing him in Portland a lot and he's actually really cool and I really enjoy dancing with him. And I did actually tell him like, hey dude, don't say that kind of stuff to people. Um, <laughs> he's, he's actually cool, but yeah, we had we had a good interaction after that, but he's he's one of my favorite dance partners too. He's from the Dominican, well, he's Dominican, and, but um, his parents are from Dominican Republic and he was, you know, he was born here. But so he has a little bit of like a funky style I really like dancing with him. That's awesome. His name, his name is Raul. I'm, I'm glad that that story has a happy ending. <laughs> it did. Like, I mean, really, you can tell people, like some people just don't really know um, how they make you feel. Like they don't mean to do it. And so I'm like, dude, just don't, don't do, to, do that to people because they take it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gosh, that's so true. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite dance instructor? Um, I love Kariko, of course, because I really connect with her the way um, that she teaches, like she, she really explains things and, um, you know, she does body movement and then she does, she incorporates cool little things that, because I can't, I can't do fast footwork, I, I would have to practice it for weeks to be able to do it. So I really like how she can give me things to um, incorporate into my basics that make it look better. Mm -hmm. without having to do too much that's so great. yeah Rico is one of my favorites that's really good because she's going to foil the bachata next month I can't yeah because I'm not sure if I've ever had the opportunity to take a dance class with her I don't think she's I took privates from her um and she like she would she would have me record myself and then she would critique stuff and I thought that was so awesome like that's a a good thing to do my puppy is biting oh, oh my gosh she's so cute <laughs> she's so bad um and i gave her i told you i gave her a whole like rawhide and now she's still gnawing on me all right we just got a couple more questions go um do you have a favorite event to dance bachata um in the states my favorite one was um dc um dc and i haven't gone there for a really long time but that was my favorite one in the states um and then uh let's see hmm. yeah dc and then um i always just love to go to dr and if like a local person is organizing an event where you they take you from town to town that is my favorite yeah i've always wanted to go to those i feel like i say this on every episode but um, my teaching schedule doesn't allow me because they always do them during the school year. Oh my God, this puppy is killing me. <laughs> um, all right, what is on your bachata wish list? It could be anything. 
Um, yeah, I just really want to go back to DR, and I think I'm going to do that pretty soon and just train with some of the, the local instructors there. That's that's on my wish list, and I'm going to make that happen soon. And then, um, yeah, for festivals, I want to go to Keloke. Have you been to that one yet? No, because that one, ow, oh my God, she's biting me so bad. Um, that one happened, yeah, because I've done it, what, two years? Three years. The first two years was on my weekend for Fort La Bachata. And of course- Oh yeah, that's right. I think I heard you yeah like it doesn't um affect like our crowds or anything like i have no bad blood when i say that but it just like i can't go <laughs> when you do yeah. it the weekend um oh my gosh she's so easy right episode yes everyone can see her she's five months old and still big. down i know everyone keeps telling me like their dog advice like it's gonna help but she's just she's just energetic let me see if yeah um yeah i really i want to go okay okay looks amazing um but just the timing and also i think for me even though i'm on on the east coast whereas you're on the west coast so you going to sweden would be a lot longer it's still like far enough because that would be like six or seven hours in a plane you know i don't really get a whole lot of time off of school i could maybe make it a four-day weekend but that's like a lot of traveling for a short weekend yeah and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one year I'd be like fortunate enough to be able to like take a year off of work and like travel to all the bachata festivals. Yeah, happen. But the uh, one in the state that seems really cool is uh, Baltimore. Like I always see people posting about that one, and that that one seems amazing. Have you? Do you go to that one? Yeah, I've um, I've been hired for that one the last several years since. Um, Raj and Dola took over the management of it. Um, that one has been really, really good. And it was supposed to be extra good last year because they hired like all of us that work in Batata. Like, um, I think I'm trying to remember all the details. It was definitely me and Ron from Denver. They hired Aguito Arts, Juan and Melanie, Carlos Cinta, um, Lisa and Dima were supposed to come. Um, I know I'm missing people. I, I yeah. possibly remember. I don't remember if he, I don't want to say anything. DJs are so important. And oh, that is one thing I would change. Like good DJ. <laughs> good DJs makes the event. That, but you, you did say like you would add more good music. And I think that goes hand in hand because you need good DJs yep. to put good music. Um, yep. Oh my gosh, don't you my sweater. Somebody like sent an SOS. I don't know if I'm going to get to to her. It's like, girl, stop talking. We're done. <laughs> I I should have at least gotten this amount of time with that rawhide. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, I like your wish list a lot. I definitely, I also want to go to DR and like, I just, I kind of want to go have a vacation slash, but like mini bachata week. You know, like where mm -hmm. I kind of like take the lessons I want, like reach out yeah. to Elizabeth and reach out to Fariseo and reach out to like everybody and like, you know, figure out my own program with them. And, you know, yeah. um, that's one of my dreams too. Okay. So last thing, um, if you could explain bachata to someone in just three words, what would you say? 
<laughs> Your face got so serious. Just three words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Uh, maybe I'll just say all the feelings. All the feelings. I like that. All the feelings. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks for me. Like, yeah, I've never done anything like this before. So I really appreciate you thinking of me. Yeah. Well, I wanted, I wanted to do something different. <laughs> when I started realizing that all of the podcasts coming out for dancers were higher, you know, we're interviewing the same people. And yeah. a large part of our community is left out when we ignore the contribution of social dancers and the stories of social dancers, because mm -hmm. I don't know, like even in my local community, there are stories that like the dancers that have been dancing salsa for way longer than me have that like, I can't relate to because these venues are no longer there, but they're these amazing times that they all reminisce about you know like these yeah. are powerful and um i'm really glad that i don't know that the idea came to me and that i'm able to, to talk each month with yeah in person and hear a different story and, and also find like oh wow like our you know we're in different situations but like i have a similar feeling right or i have yeah. my experience like it's also nice to see the threads that connect us yeah. And I, I was telling you too, I was listening to your interview with Isolte and um, she was like, oh yeah, I, cause she dances so good. And she's like, oh yeah, I watched Carlos Cinta's DVDs and, um, and that's how I learned. And I'm like, oh, I have those. I'm getting those things out so I can dance <laughs> like her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I like that about your podcast, some little nuggets in there. I'm so glad that makes me really happy. Um, okay, so before we close, if people decide like Savannah is awesome, I want to be Savannah's friend, how can they connect with you? Um, yeah, I do have Instagram and I don't have a lot of friends. So if they want to be my friend, um, they can request me on Instagram. It's like, I think it's like, I, you'll put it in there, huh? Like somebody. <laughs> I gotta think it's. Uh... I don't really know what it is. Yeah. Okay. I will definitely look it up and I will, um, I will put it in here. I'll have it in the show notes um, and I will promote with it. But uh, yeah, thank you so much again. And thank you. And I'll see you at your event. Yes. Coming up. Yes. Mm -hmm.